If we were to evaluate the United States healthcare system in terms of quality alone, how does the United States stack up to other healthcare systems? You are listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to a special segment on healthcare policy. I am your host, Dr. Mark Nolan Hill, professor of surgery at the Chicago Medical School, and with me today is Dr. John Whittington. Dr. Whittington is the lead faculty for the Institute for Healthcare Improvement's Triple AIM project. He has also worked on numerous other IHI projects related to patient safety, inpatient mortality reduction, and engaging physicians in quality. Formerly, he was the Medical Director of Knowledge Management and Patient Safety Officer at the Order of St. Francis Healthcare System, and he has been in practice for many years as a family physician. Welcome, Dr. Whittington. Great to be with you today, Mark. We are discussing the state of quality in the United States healthcare system. Well, Dr. Whittington, I'm going to start with a movie that many people in the United States saw. That was Michael Moore's movie, and it talked about the quality of our healthcare system and how it compared to other countries' systems. And although he does have a tendency to go a little bit beyond and push the envelope, it didn't look real good in certain ways for the United States. Was that accurate? Is that true? Well, first of all, I think each person has a certain agenda that they're trying to get across and trying to bring issues. So in that sense, I think it's highlighting some issues. And there are. There are issues as we look at our healthcare system compared to other healthcare systems. We don't actually rank that favorably as an overall healthcare system in the United States. Why? Well, you know, if you looked at some of the work that has been done out east, and you can see this work in the Dartmouth Atlas, one of the things that we see across the United States is a tremendous variation in what's actually practiced at the local community. The health care that's provided in one community is totally different than the health care that's provided in another community. In what way do you mean by that? We would see a big variation on procedures, if you will. I live in a community where there was a significant difference in ear, nose, and throat tube placement in one community and then 35 miles away, a totally different picture. That's just a trivial example, but we know across the United States that there's a lot of variation in care that's provided, procedures that are done, the amount of resources that is consumed. In fact, here, I'll, pick, I'll give you an example. Okay. So in Salem, Oregon, and I think this is for either 2003 or 2004, the Medicare enrollee cost for Salem, Oregon is approximately $4,200. And if you compare that to Miami Beach, it was approximately $11,000. Wow. Now, on some quality indicators that have been measured in the past, and this is an article written by Steve Jenks from CMS, they actually compare quality indicators to Medicare costs. And it turned out that the states that spent the least actually had higher quality indicators than the states who spent the most. That's just an example of, of variation that you see in the United States. So I think variation is, is one of the things that leads to cost increase in the U.S. And some would estimate that if we would be more homogeneous and actually work to the best, and we could debate what the best means, that we could save 20 to 30 percent of our total health care spend right now in the U.S. Well, is this heterogeneity within the range of norm, or does it go beyond that? Oh, I think it goes beyond that. There are things that we do that uh, we could all agree these are very important. You know, it's critical that we do this. 
But then, as all of us know, there's a lot of gray area within healthcare, and what we see is that a lot of that gray area tends to be then influenced at a community level as opposed to a national level, at least it has in the past. Your organization dealing with the Triple AIM program, which certainly is a great program, when we look at the United States and we see that it ranks 31 on life expectancy, 36 on infant mortality, 28 on male healthy life expectancy, et cetera, et cetera. Why are we so low, Dr. Whittington? Those are good questions. And basically, at this point in time, you have some level of speculation. But one aspect is the primary care base is weaker in the United States than some of the other countries. The corollary or the opposite of that is that we tend to utilize more specialty care in the U.S. We maybe have more fragmentation of care in the U.S. Handoffs. As family primary care doctors, we're used to this, of dealing with many handoffs, and we know that handoffs are a problem within the U.S. structure. Uh, we're not as maybe as organized as we could be on patient-to-patient handoffs, and that causes problems. When you're speaking about handoffs, are you speaking about communications between physicians regarding patient transfers? Yes. I mean, handoffs, well, the multiple handoffs that happen for us. So it's both the handoffs to the inpatient world, out of the inpatient world, between specialists, between specialists and primary care. There are numerous levels of handoffs that we have. And our present system tends to be somewhat fragmented, and so it has a lot of handoffs, and we know that care slips through the cracks. And that's just one aspect of what causes problems within our system. Dr. Whittington, does specialty care lead to fragmented care? Specialty care in the framework that we have today, which are multiple specialists tending to be independent, i.e. they're practicing on their own, multiple primary care doctors in small groups, that level of care tends to end up being fragmented. It's, I mean, it's basically the statement of if we have a lot of individuals providing care for a patient, then every one of those individuals is an opportunity for a handoff to be challenged or to misstep or to not work for that individual. I think just by the fact of having multiple doctors involved, that's what's leading to the fragmented care not just that it's a specialist, but the fact of how many different doctors we have that have involved. And we've all had this experience as practicing physicians. We've all had this experience where we've had a lot of people involved. And you're actually asking yourself as a primary care doctor at some point, who actually is in charge here? So. Well, but how do we get around the fact that the population in the United States is demanding a specialist for this, a specialist for that? I mean, even in my field of general surgery, now there's breast specialists, hernia specialists, hemorrhoid specialists. I mean, how fragmented can it get? Well, you know, I think part of the thing, we haven't done the best job of helping the population understand, I'll be honest, as a family physician, the core value of family practice and the core value of, of a generalist. What is that, sir? Well, I mean, some of that core value is that they provide a level of continuity of care for an organization. I mean, there's a big movement now to improve what we call the medical home. And and part of that whole concept of the medical home is saying, can you have someone who knows that part of their job is the coordination of care and really feels strongly that that's part of the role that they're needing to play? So I see we see that, and I don't think that we've helped. I don't even think we've helped the primary care doctors recognize the tremendous value that they play for improving the care of patients because of who they are as primary care doctors. They just sort of take it for granted, the work they're doing, but I don't think they always recognize the tremendous impact it has. I think other societies have done a better job of valuing primary care 
maybe they do a better job of helping the public value primary care and recognizing that it's not always in the best interest to see a specialist. Now, do you incorporate this into the Triple AIM initiative? Well, yes. One of our design elements, one of our major design elements is the concept that we talk about, redesign of primary care. So it's a big focus. We think that this whole focus on primary care is a very important aspect for the Triple AIM. Realistically, Dr. Whittington, can we actually get cost containment in medicine considering how expensive technology is? I think we can. I mean, I think you hit on one thing, though. We have to get a control on technology. A lot of times, if you thought about technology from the health of the population standpoint and said, for the health of this population, Chicago, Illinois, Minneapolis, Will this technology really do that much for the health of the population? So if we ask those kinds of questions, then I think we could start to get some level of control on it. I think healthcare organizations would have to start to think about things a little differently. Most healthcare organizations today actually, you know, whether it's for-profit or not-for-profit, will say to themselves, we want to grow our organization economically by X percent. And that percent that they're trying to grow it by is greater than the overall inflation rate tends to be around 6% or so. And unless we can get healthcare costs to around 3%, the inflation rate, it will continue to grow and make a difference in the GDP. What can we do about so much of the patient population in the United States using the emergency rooms as really their primary care facilities? Well, you know, that's a tough one. First of all, some people who use the emergency room really have no other alternatives. They don't have insurance, they don't have good primary care access, and they have no other alternatives. Some organizations have actually analyzed, I know one organization that's involved with us has actually analyzed their emergency room use and recognized that a lot of the people who actually come to the emergency room truly don't need it. And have actually worked on then what we'll call access platforms of helping patients be able to access the right health care at the right time in less resource-intensive ways than going to the emergency room. I want to thank Dr. John Whittington, who has been our guest. We have been discussing the state of quality in the United States healthcare system. I'm Dr. Mark Nolan Hill, and you have been listening to a special segment on healthcare policy on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Be sure to check out our website at www.reachmd.com, which now features on-demand podcasts of our entire library. For comments and questions, please send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.